The Daily Rios for Monday, July 30th. Musical Monday. And when he took his bow to the crowd and the crown, the crowd went crazy and the house came down when Daddy wore his very soft shoes. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of the dancing jesters. So far, the Daily Rios has been about comics, movies, some TV, life, relationships, candy. <laughs> so, this year being the 25th anniversary of doing theater, I've decided I'm going to add theater to that list as well. The first real show I performed in 25 years ago, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment, went up in March of 1987. I was in ninth grade, junior high school. The two spring shows previous to that, I was actually in the pit orchestra, playing the bass line of a score on keyboard, which really amounted to nothing more than one long note at a time, using the old one-finger type typing method, and hoping that I practiced enough to fool my conductor that I knew what I was doing. So when it came time to audition for the current spring musical in ninth grade, my friends, who had participated in the previous show, convinced me to join up, promising me fun, promising me parties, and the ever-attractive lure of girls. Ooh, girls. You know, and it's odd, it's odd that I had to be convinced because I grew up dancing and playing the piano. So it's not like theater was too far out of the realm of what I might enjoy or what I might be good at. And in grade school, I remember doing a staged reading of A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court by Mark Twain, playing the role of the Yankee, of course, complete with a, an eclipse while I was burning at the stake. Um, we went over and just flicked the lights for the eclipse. It was, you know, really technical. And then even earlier than that, I used to persuade friends to reenact the musical numbers from Greece on a rundown Chevy that was in the backyard of the second house that I ever lived on. So dancing, singing, theater, music, the arts, it was around me for a long time, mostly because of my family. But it took ninth grade and the show, Once Upon a Mattress, to finally get the bug to bite. So the show was Once Upon a Mattress. I auditioned and I landed the role of the jester. In fact, the director, who was also the music director, who was also the stage manager, basically yelled at me and, and asked why I was stuck in the orchestra pit for so long. Um, my dance background landed me the role. The jester is a dancing role in Once Upon a Mattress. And Once Upon a Mattress is the story of Hans Christian Andersen's Princess and the Pea, told in a much more decompressed, deconstructionist, comedic way. People might know... The composer, Mary Rogers, because she was the daughter of Richard Rogers, who was the famed composer of anything from Pal Joey, Oklahoma, South Pacific, uh, King and I, Babes in Arms, a Connecticut Yankee, actually, uh, and also Sound of Music and so many more. Mary Rogers is also the mother of a composer, a current composer named Adam Gattel, who specifically... Uh, developed a show called Floyd Collins, which was a musical that had its earliest, if not its first staged reading, at my college freshman year. So, tons of connections among connections here. Once Upon a Mattress also 
ha- which opened in 1959, so this is going way back, also marked the Broadway debut of Carol Burnett. I've always been shy, I confess that I'm shy, can't you guess that this confident air is a mask that I wear cause I'm So, sure enough, my friends were right. There were parties, there were girls, and most of all, there was a lot of fun. So much so that for the next 13 years of doing community and amateur professional theater, I was doing anywhere from one to four shows a year. And I look back at that time fondly. Reading PA, where I grew up, we had a wealth of community theater on stages as small as as black boxes uh, to full house theaters that could seat anywhere from 1,500 people. And doing that first show back in ninth grade, it it kicked it all off. Not to mention that it would dictate what I would choose to do as a career for the next, well, 25 years. Probably the thing I remember the most about doing that show, and ultimately that's kind of what I want to do with... uh, One of the reasons why I want to reminisce, I guess, a little bit about a lot of that theater. Just to kind of go back and and try to think about what I remember from doing the show. And I have... It's odd. I have two... Very strong thoughts about that. Three, actually, now that you think about it, three thoughts. First of all, there was a performance, I don't know if it was the second night, I think we did about two or three performances, where the power just completely went off, and we were doing full blackouts just by just by grabbing that huge lever and just turning off the entire light board of, in, the, in, the, in the stage with this huge sound. You know, it's just one of those old-fashioned backstage lighting units that was huge it was gigantic uh so that was funny and then the music conductor she or the director she would just basically she talked to the audience and say hey you know this is what we have to do and oh look here comes a blackout and isn't this fun and here's here comes a set change it was really kind of informal but it made it for a for a fun night another memory i have is walking backstage trying to cross from one one wing to the other in this narrow space and bumping into the one of my teachers, who I think helped out uh, in some fashion, either costumes or something like that. And she, we bumped into each other, and her hand bumped into a certain private area. Now, she was a good-looking teacher, too. Now, she got way embarrassed, and of course, I had a fun story to tell because of that. Uh, and we left it off. It wasn't like I was going to you know, go press charges or anything. It just was a fun, funny thing that happened, and she, she was quite quite embarrassed and and like I said a lot of us liked her because she was cute and uh, it was it was a joke that was able to play for a number number of weeks after that the last thing I remember is because I was the jester I looked like a jester I was dressed up with the whole bells on the head and all that kind of thing and I hated the headpiece so one night probably the second night or whenever I took off the headpiece for the entire second act and I attempted to do the same thing for closing night, and I got this uh, message from backstage. My my director slash music director slash everything was on a headset, and she talked to somebody backstage and said, get him to get his hat on right away. And uh, I had to wear the, the bells for the rest of the show. And um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it made sense, but I, I just I hated that hat. <laughs> 
because of the bells and I don't know, maybe it was crushing my hair. And at that time I had, uh, basically a Puerto Rican mullet, like a, it was kind of like an El DeBarge jerry curl thing kind of going and maybe it was crushing my hair. So I don't know. Uh, but it was a fun show and it, like I said, it, it kicked off everything, uh, for the rest of Jesus, for the rest of my life at that point. God, I dreamed there was an angel who could hear me through the wall As I cried out like in Latin, this is so not life at all Help me out, out of this nightmare, then I heard her silver call She said, just give it time, kid, I come to one and all It's a bitch of living, bitch, just a I saw a production just recently, just this weekend, of Spring Awakening. It was a closing night of Spring Awakening here in Philadelphia by the Mazeppa Theater Group, uh, a second-year group started by friends of mine to do theater in the summer and to showcase the local emerg- emerging talent. Philly, you know, has a great theater scene. At times, it can be a little clicky, but if you break through and you work hard enough, you can you can really make a living here doing theater, musical, or plays. And Spring Awakening, what I enjoyed about it, it just had that raw youthful energy that I, I think seasoned actors tend to lose, tend to lose that that kind of instinctual um, spontaneity. But it was a good show, and that raw energy really helped, and, it, and it, I think it landed some wonderful performances because of that. And as an ensemble, they were strong. It was the individual performances that you started to see who was stronger than others in voice or in acting. But ultimately, they were they were really the right temperament for that show. Spring Awakening, if you don't know, it's based on a German play of the same title by Frank Wiedekind. And the music for the musical is by Duncan Sheik. Yes, that Duncan Sheik. And it opened in... 2006, I believe. And it really became, you know, that generation's uh, rent, almost, if you want to, you know, for lack of a better description. It's based on youth and sexuality and discovering sexuality in a very constricted society. I I kind of almost see it as a younger version of of sometimes a little night music, almost, where there's all different forms of love and sex and 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 what it means to a, a society that's very constricted and doesn't, you're not supposed to talk about things or you're not supposed to learn about such things or you're not supposed to do such things. And it's all of it. It's it's all kinds of sexuality, good and bad, anywhere from love to abuse. And uh, it, it can be a little controversial, but it's, a, it's an amazing... I, I love the music to it. And really, this performance that I saw, that was the thing that stuck out the most. The music... They really handled those sections very well. Sound mix was off at times. Setting the show in a 1950s soda shop was a bit lost, but overall the story came through, and I thought they did a great job conveying what needed to be seen, what needed to be understood, and it's a popular show. You know, it really is. In fact, it's so popular that it was done here locally at the Media Theater before this Mazeppa production, and it's going to be done two other times in this season coming up. 
It's going to be done at Temple College and at another small professional theater called Theater Horizon. It's kind of interesting. I th- you know, they just probably just re- recently released all the uh, the rights to do the show, and it's and it's everywhere. It's a popular show. People want to see it. It gives an opportunity for younger actors to come out and and audition for the show. Uh, so I can understand why it's being done quite a lot. We also here in Philly have the Philly Fringe coming up. A, a great place to see experimental and offbeat and off-kilter productions in, in all the different venues here in Philly. So I really enjoy that. And I actually took a look at a lot of the theater that's coming up in Philadelphia. And there's some interesting things here and there. Uh, media theater locally, they're doing Hairspray and Mame. Mame, which I thought was an interesting choice. An older show. Um, I don't know how much of a draw that is. Bristol Riverside has included Oleana in their season. Another, well, at the time, another controversial play. Uh, it would be interesting to see how it plays out now. Let's see. People's Light and Theater, they're doing Noises Off, which is a very funny show, in their season. Wall Street Theater, the, the biggest regional theater here in Philadelphia and probably on, arguably on the East Coast, they're doing everything from Love Story, which is a new musical. Don't know that one. Music Man and Grease in the spring of 2013. So kind of a safe uh, a safe season there, but it should be fun. Arden Theater is doing Next to Normal. They're doing Beckett's Endgame, which I think is huge. A Raisin in the Sun, and then they're doing A Little Night Music next year. Wilma Theater is doing Angels in America, Part 1 and 2. Love that play. Can't wait to see that. And doing a new new play called Booty Candy, written and directed by Robert O'Hara, which uh, I read the re- description of, and it just sounds like a something something I might want to go check out. And then there's other shows here and there that uh, I want to try to get to see. I don't see enough theater here in Philadelphia, unfortunately. At least in the past year, I haven't. And uh, I want to try to rectify that because, uh, as I said, it's a it's a great theater scene around here, and it'll be. Fun to check out the new works and see what's going on and see who the new new people are, new directors, new actors, see if uh, anybody's making a name for themselves this season. So that's it for today. Just wanted to start talking about some theater stuff and seeing what's going on out there. Let, let me know what uh, if there's theater in your area or anybody's in New York or if anybody is in theater. I know that happened in CGS once I started talking about uh, theater. And comics, um, I started out of nowhere getting people emailing me and saying, hey, I'm an actor, or hey, I do commercials, or hey, I uh, play auditions, uh, or whatever. I met a, quite a number of people who, who do this crazy world of theater. So it's kind of interesting to see what else is going on out there and uh, who who is doing what. With this 25th anniversary thing, I'll probably keep going and do some more reminiscing about other shows that I've done and the funny stories that come out of that or memories that might pop up here and there. So that's your Daily Rios for today for Monday, July 30th. If you want to get a hold of me, it's peter at thedailyreels.com. Subscribe through iTunes. Leave me a comment. Leave a comment on the website if you want. Follow me on Twitter, Peter J. Rios. And I will see you tomorrow. The great work begins. The messenger has arrived.